You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 14. What steps do I take after a flood? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we're talking about flooding today. So lots of people, whether it's hurricanes, other natural disasters, a water heater that goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, lots of times things get flooded. So what do people do? Especially because we know that moisture can easily lead to mold. So with a flood event or moisture intrusion event, the first thing you need to do is fix what's causing it. So you you touched on water heaters and then just flooding in general, whether it's a hurricane or whatnot. So you have obviously two different, totally different scenarios. Flooding from a hurricane, for the most part, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. I mean, unless you live in a very high elevated place, then you're not going to flood. So it, there's not much you can do. I mean, there are little things you can do with that, but we can address that a little later. But for the most part, you can't stop that water, I guess, is my whole point. We've talked about it before. Having sandbags on hand is a great idea. There's different modes of ways to prevent moisture from, you know, you put it in the middle of your yard, there's like these water bladders you can fill up that act as a a wall to keep the water out. But first and foremost, you have to stop what's causing it. So I want to go to the water heater and and it could be from a roof leak or anything. So whatever it's from, you have to figure out where that water's coming in. So for a water heater, first thing you're obviously going to do, which I touch a little bit on this, but I want to touch on this again Everybody listening, you need to know where your main water shutoff is in your home. 
it typically could be in the laundry room. It might be in the basement. It could be in many places. It's For the most part, it's the first valve where the water lines enter the home. You do have a curb stop out at the street, but you do, you should have one right inside your home where the water comes in. Make sure you know where that's at and everybody else knows. So the first thing you obviously do would do is shut that water off. And from there, I mean, you're saying you got to figure out what the source is and handle that first. What if like in the water heater example, you've got water all over the floor, obviously you clean it up, but how are you thinking about mold in those moments as you're trying to figure out what's the source, try to fix it? What are you doing about the mold or the potential mold issue right then and there? So mold needs, or well, it needs the three components. And if you guys listen to my podcast enough, you know, I cover this quite often. Mold has to have three major components. There are other components it needs, but for the most part, you take one of these three major things away and you're not going to have a mold problem. Take away the mold spores, which is really not possible unless you're in a pressurized home that doesn't let any other air in and you have air cleaners like a operating room. So that's pretty much impossible. You obviously have its food, which is cellulose material. So carpet, padding, sheetrock, wood, insulation, newspapers, you can go on and on. So um, when I say cellulose materials, I don't mean the true definition of it, but cellulose materials is, you know, stuffed animals, things that the mold can feed on. And then the third thing you need is humidity to be 60% or higher. So with that moisture intrusion event, the first thing you have to do is what we call the mop up. You've got to get that water sucked out of there. It, and we, I know we've covered it before, but for me personally, I would focus on getting the water out of there. Most people have shop vacs. Get your shop vac. They're designed to use for wet, wet or dry. It says right on there and suck that water out of there. The mold doesn't start reproducing for 48 hours. So you have that you have that two-day window that you need to get that stuff mopped out of there. Then you can call your insurance agent. If you call your insurance agent right off the bat, if for the most part it's not covered, they're really it, it's it's a process for them. And if you wait around on them, you're waiting for mold to grow. So the first thing you you obviously want to do after the water's shut off is, is you want to dry everything up as quick as you can. Another thing, depending on, let's say, so two inches of water isn't much. I know it's enough to obviously cause mold issues, but if you're, if you have a foot of water in your basement, uh, you've probably got major issues. You're probably going to have to get a, a sump pump or a, just any sort of uh, trash pump to suck all that water out of there. But let's say it's in your basement and you have a foot of water. Cut, what we do, what we call, and you're familiar with this, we do a flood cut on mold mitigation. The best thing you can do to prevent the mold from growing is do a two-foot flood cut. So come two foot off the floor, cut that sheetrock out, cut that insulation out. That way you're taking away the food source for that mold to grow. And you, you mentioned something about calling uh, the insurance agent. Lots of people believe that if they have flood insurance, that that's going to take care of everything in terms of the cost. Can you just let people know what what your knowledge of flood insurance is, but what do they do if they don't have flood insurance and they've got this flood that's happened in their home? So I, I actually spoke with an adjuster not too long ago about this, and I, I, I actually learned some new things, and so did he. He wasn't really sure. So from his 
from what he knows, and so let me start out with this. And in one of my books, I cover this. FEMA is who administers flood insurance. So it's a federal program. Um, I asked the adjuster because he didn't know either. So interestingly enough, I've done some research and I can't really find if anybody can buy flood insurance, whether you're in a floodplain or not. The insurance adjuster that I spoke with believed you had to be in a flood zone or floodplain for, for FEMA to let you buy it. I always assumed anybody could just go buy it. And I learned that that might not be the case. And I really can't find it online. And I haven't, I could probably call FEMA and figure or find out. But there are, I used, I used to tell my clients just buy flood insurance because I thought that was going to fix it all. And, and I, I've probably been leading them astray, but if they called to get it, they'd probably figure it out. So anyhow, flood insurance typically will only cover something from the outside. And for the most part, like mother nature, meaning we had a natural flood, we had a hurricane. When I was speaking to this, this adjuster, I learned a lot about this and, and, and everybody listening knows this. So you have two different insurance companies. You have your homeowner's insurance and you have your flood insurance. Well, he told me when he went down, I think it was Hurricane Katrina, they were trying to fight it out over, well, did the water come in from the doorways? Or was the roof blown off and that's where the water came in? Because it's two different insurances that would cover it. If the roof blew off, your homeowners covers it. If it came in from the front door, your flood insurance covers it. Oh. So you got to remember, you have two insurance companies that are fighting with each other to determine whose fault or, or who has to cover it. So for the most part, and I've always known this, if something comes in from the exterior meaning like a flood, not the roof itself, then your flood insurance covers it. If you don't have flood insurance and it comes in from the exterior, they're not going to cover it. Because in their mind, they deem it as neglect on your part because you don't have proper grading and drainage. Now, if you have some shingles blow off and you just never noticed it and it goes on for a long time and water starts leaking into the roof, if you... For the most part, once again, I'm not an insurance person and insurance companies decide kind of pretty much what mood they're in that day, whether they're going to cover it or not. But if it come in, it came in from the roof and let's say it only was going on for a year and it was the rainy season, your homeowners should cover it. Now, if you have a pipe burst inside your home, for the most part, if you report it, you take care of it right off the bat, they will cover it. Now, if you have a leaky faucet or a leaky water line or drain pipe that you just keep cleaning the water up as it happens and they find out that it's been going on for a long time, they deem it as neglect on your part and they won't cover it. So it's a very complex thing. And but obviously it never hurts. Call your agent. Don't call your agent, though, and say it's mold. When they hear the term mold, they're going to say we don't cover mold. Just call them and say, do you cover, we had a water line break, ask them about the event. Don't mention mold, otherwise they're just going to say, no, we don't cover it. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. How do you know after a flooding event if you need mold mitigation done? When you have a moisture intrusion event, typically you have a, what we call a mop-up company or a restoration company. As all of our listeners know my company is 
only a mitigation company. When you have our competitors, and I'm not going to name names, but everybody probably knows the names, they're a restoration company. So they come in and they do the mop-up. Then they, if they deem they're going to run air tests, if they deem there's a mold issue due to the air testing, then they'll proceed with that. If you don't have a restoration company come in and your insurance isn't going to cover it, the best way to know if you need mitigation is hire a mold inspector and at the least run air tests. But have a mold inspector come in, he'll run air tests, he'll know if you need mitigation, and then you can go from there. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, and the air tests, and once again, and I, I, I've covered this before, due to the fact that I'm a certified mold inspector and I own and I'm a certified mold mitigation contractor, if I go into a home and I run air tests and it has to be mitigated, I always recommend a second opinion just so that they can't. And I think we've covered this before. The mitigation company obviously is inclined to find a mold concern because a mold mitigation job is a lot more money than mold inspections. So be careful of these companies out there that are mitigation companies that say they do free air testing because the air testing might be free, but the bid they give you to mitigate what they find out is probably going to be fifteen grand. Yeah, so definitely do your homework and do your research and be diligent about making sure you're something for free is not necessarily for free. Exactly. That's and the it, whole point. It's, you know, there there was a time, and I usually try to do it, um, I believe it's January is Radon Awareness Month. I usually try to do free radon tests if the monitor's available. And the first question some people ask, they look at it and they go, oh, he's doing it because he does mitigation, and I don't. I'm just, I'm doing it for the awareness. I'm not doing it to, to get a mitigation job. I'm just doing that to do it because it's right on awareness month. So just like the mold companies, if they're offering a free test, it's not going to be free. And most people nowadays have smarted up to the whole nothing's free. There's a catch somewhere. So yes, make sure that you're, you're not getting suckered into paying 20 grand just because they gave you a free air test. Bring in another ex expert, get a second opinion, get a second bid. Absolutely. So as a, a final call to action, what would you suggest for, for people who are listening to this in terms of getting prepared for a flood? Maybe they live in Florida and they know hurricane season is coming or will come around every single year. What do you suggest? How can they get prepared? So people in Florida, uh, you see it on the news. Obviously, we don't live in Florida, but a lot of people in Florida that are on the coast, they have pieces of plywood. When they get the evacuation orders or they know it's coming, they'll screw plywood over their windows just so it doesn't shatter their windows. In a hurricane, like I touched on earlier, it's there are some steps like you know having sandbags that you can use, but for the most part, there's not a whole lot you can do. That depending on the size of the, the hurricane, it's it's going to flood. So if you're in Florida. Make sure most homes in Florida are what we call a slab on grade, meaning you walk right into the home at ground level. It's a concrete slab. Most most of them don't have basements, but it, whatever you have that's on the ground, if you can elevate it, you need to do that. Uh, things like that are of high value, try to get them raised up. Let's say you have a grandfather clock that's been in the family for a hundred years. You want to put that up on 
a pedestal or something like that. Now, if you're in, in our area, to be prepared for a flood, we don't live in flood zones just due to where we're at. So for, for a place like Wyoming, you should have sandbags. You should also have some sort of either sump pump, which is a permanent fixture. And it, those of you that don't know what a sump pump is, it does kind of the opposite effect of a toilet float. So a sump pump is a, it has a float that is activated just like your toilet is, but your toilet, it pumps water in. Obviously a sump pump, it pulls water out. Make sure that you have a sump pit, test that sump pump, make sure it's good to go. And like I said, around here we have basements. So if we know a flood's coming, we want to, we want it, I mean, you can either tear the carpets out before it happens or after. Either way, you're going to have to tear them out. But make sure anything of value is up on pallets or whatever. Very good. So, again, lots of things to consider when you're thinking about any kind of moisture intrusion event, especially if it's a flood. All right, everybody. Actually, I have one more thing. So, we did create a document that is the checklist. If you go to our website, you can sign up for the uh, a checklist and i believe the flood checklist is in one of those so go to cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for our email list perfect all right sign up for that pre and post flood checklist at cnccontractorservices.com we'll catch you on the next episode prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.